Hello, Eagles fans, and welcome to another edition of the Eagles Entire Podcast. I'm Chris McPherson, joined by Bo Wolf and Fran Duffy, as we will quickly put that Packers game in the rearview mirror and look ahead to this Sunday's matchup with the Tennessee Titans. Gentlemen, tough loss. Don't know how else to really describe it. I was optimistic going into this game. I felt that the offense had moved the ball well with Mark Sanchez, thought they would put up points. Packers defense, not juggernaut defense. I figured they would, you know, they would give up some points. Aaron Rodgers, a prolific offense. But I thought they would generate some pressure. Thought they would maybe get a turnover or two at some point in the game. And you think you figure if it was close, special teams could be the tiebreaker. Which facet of the game were you guys most surprised about in terms of how the game unfolded? I was most surprised that they gave up a touchdown on special teams. But, I mean, we went back and forth uh, all week, you and I, Chris. I did not expect the Eagles to win this game going into Lambeau against the best quarterback in the league. Uh, I think I said that last week on, on Eagles Beakley. Um, but I what po- Which podcast is that? Eagles That's Beakley. A, okay. Yeah, the, the best podcast there is. Um, <laughs> I, obviously, this was a disappointing game, but it doesn't really change much about how I feel about this team. The special teams, I, I didn't expect them to give up a touchdown because, you know, that's – uh, where the Eagles have been the best in the league this season. But, you know, we we talked about the numbers for Aaron Rodgers at, at Lambeau Field over his last however many uh, home starts, the, what was it, 26 touchdowns to zero interceptions. I didn't expect the defense was going to, was gonna, you know, make him look pedestrian. Uh, I thought the offense would be a little bit better, but the game sort of got out of hand. They, they had to get away from the running game the way that the, the game was going. I still believe that the Eagles are fighting for a first-round bye. And I, that's what I thought going into last week, and I, I think that's still what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to win five of the next six games probably to make that happen, but I think that's definitely on the table. But when the season, when the schedule came out, the first, you know, when, we, when you go through, you're putting this is a win, this is a loss. The first one we're like, okay, that's probably a loss, was at Green Bay, assuming Aaron Rodgers was going to be healthy. So, I mean, it surprised. wasn't fun to watch, but I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. It didn't really change much of how I felt. I'm not surprised much by the loss. It's more the way. They lost the game. Obviously. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. But look, I mean, things kind of snowballed and got out of hand quickly. Obviously, the special teams touchdown, you talked about that being really surprising. I thought that was the dagger that kind of uh, really kind of put the, the game in perspective for the rest of us on the outside. Obviously, the team thinks, OK, we're going to fight back. We're going to fight back uh, throughout the entire game. But when that play happened, you're kind of like, all right, well, this just isn't going to be our day. Um, look, there are a lot of things went wrong. And I, you, if you're looking at it from a worldview, that second half, I mean, you can't kill Mark Sanchez for those picks. And no. obviously there, there are some of those these plays are fluky plays where, you know, Green Bay puts the ball on the ground a couple of times and they're able to pick it up. And if those go our way, maybe things start to change and we get some momentum. But uh, look, th- this is one of those games where you want to move on immediately. We, it's a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Chip Kelly made the, the reference, the Lion King reference with, D'Amico Rines and Mustafa, and I think this is a week where you want to try and pick up uh, some advice from Rafiki. I think <laughs> I have talked with Brian. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. That's it. You got to learn from the past. Nicely How long done. have you been thinking about that? <laughs> One day. I thought of it this morning. I sent BT an email this morning at like, uh, I don't know, what was it, like 7.30 in the morning? Something like that, so... Uh, wait, wait. So you send it to BT. You get it same day. We ask for a theme song, and it takes us five episodes for. I've us been waiting. I've been waiting for the Eagles Beakley drop for <laughs> for three months. <laughs> I sent him the link with the audio and said, "Here, here, here oh, it is." Oh, you did Go all the it. legwork. That yeah. makes sense. So, uh, look, it, it's one of those games where you got to learn from it and you move on. You put it in the review mirror and you get ready for Tennessee. The one thing I thought, Mark. Oh, sorry. I, yeah. I thought Mark Sanchez played pretty well in the first half. I agree. Uh, you know, he got killed by a couple sacks. The offensive line, I, I thought, was the most troubling part of the, the offensive Agreed. performance. Uh, they need to 
get back to, to what they had last season. Obviously, it seems like we and we talked about this, Fran. You said it, it seems like the timing is just a little bit off with Evan Mathis coming back uh, playing next to Jason Peters. Matt Tobin did not have a great game at right guard. Uh, that's the 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 biggest. Uh, area where I expect that the Eagles will need to take a step forward in the last six games of the season. No, I expect to see a big improvement this week, and I'm not just saying it because it's Tennessee and their defense and how they've had their struggles, just because you're back at home. Yep. Now, you were there, but what was the atmosphere? Like, obviously, the cold, the weather, you can it sense that. freezing cold, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, there is – there is it's it's silly, but there is sort of a, a mystique about about playing in Lambeau Field, especially when the, when it gets uh, you know it gets dark and uh, the fans are there. You got the bleachers, and, and the whole trip is like it's sort of like a high school trip because you have to stay in Appleton, which is the only place there's a hotel that can accommodate a, a football team, and that's a half an hour away. You got to get on the bus, uh, you show up, and you just turn the corner in a neighborhood, and all of a sudden there's Lambeau Field, uh, and it's you know the old locker rooms, all that stuff, but. Obviously, the Eagles were able to get a win there last season, but yeah. there was no Aaron Rodgers. Well, um, big difference. But I mean, listen, the Packers were the better team on Sunday, and if they meet up again, we'll see. We'll see who's the better team that day. And I was thinking too that I think you look around the league right now. Every team, and this is all the playoff caliber teams. If you were to look at the playoffs right now, every team has had a loss like this this year, where either they went on the road against a good team and lost by three scores, or they lost to a team that they had no business losing to. And so I went and I looked at, at some of the uh, the schedules for some of these other teams. Literally every team you could name a playoff team right now, or you know a team that's you know projected to make the playoffs. Every single one of them has had one of those really ugly losses where those fan base were probably panicking the way that uh, Eagles fans are right now. Okay, let's go uh, Dallas. Dallas, <laughs> seven and three team right now. Week eight they lost to the Washington Redskins, a team that they theoretically should have beaten. Okay. It was at, an, o- it was at an home, overtime. At home, but they should have been against won. a backup quarterback. The, the, whole, the, the one whole that deal. stands out to me, obviously, is Green Bay. They just lost to the Saints a couple of weeks ago. They lost now, to the Saints a few weeks ago. They they lost by 20 points to the uh, to the Seahawks back in Week One. They've had some tough losses, and they they're obviously rolling right now. All on the road. That's hey. the one thing about Green Bay is at home. And, and you can say it's about most teams. Eagles have won nine right. straight games at home. Much different being home versus away, certainly. Patriots got donkey whomped by the Chiefs. Cardinals yeah. lost by 21 points to Denver. Green Bay lost by 20 points to Seattle. Uh, Atlanta lost by 22 points against uh, the Baltimore Atlanta. Ravens. Detroit. <laughs> They're the first place team in the South right now. They're the first Atlanta. place team in the South right now. I mean, uh, Denver lost to the Rams. Detroit, Lions. Detroit Lions lost by 17 points yeah. to Carolina. Uh, Seattle has lost to the St. Louis Rams. You know, no, no one expected that. Den- uh, Denver. Wait, just wait. Killed. The Rams are world beaters. The Rams yeah. have hey. been all the top teams. Those are their wins. I'm just saying. You know, just put them out you there. Uh, New Orleans Saints lost by 21 points to Dallas. Chicago just has gotten destroyed well, by multiple teams this year. I don't. Uh, I, can't England, I can't put Chicago. No, yeah. I'm just saying. What about Tennessee? They're four and six. So they're still technically in the playoff picture. New England got destroyed. 27 points against the Chiefs. Denver lost by 22 points. Uh, Cincinnati lost by 26 points to New England. So every team in the league has had this kind of loss where, look, you got to move on and, and you know learn from it and get to the next week. It's a it's a it's a palate cleanser. You, you move on. You know, that's it. The first part of the season's over. Now you gotta you gotta get back to business and uh, uh, get back to eating. Now, see, unfortunately, the Eagles have learned it the hard way. Fran, where were you at in 2008? 2008 it was season. A temple. You were at he Temple. Was just, a, just a baby boy. It was uh, my third season What's at Temple. Than this? <laughs> <laughs> it was three years before Nicely that. Th- three years before I got to listen to that, so that was good. And then, Bo, where were you at? So it was uh, a what, year part of the, what part of the year? The fall, fall of 2008 into the I was, winter. I, you know, I just graduated college. I was uh, okay. uh, living in New York City. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So I, I bring this because I'm sure you remember this, Fran. Thanksgiving night, 2008 season. Mm-hmm. Eagles crushed the Arizona Cardinals by 28 points. Don McNabb, Brian Westbrook yep. have outstanding games. They, you know, it was the first start for McNabb after he was benched in Baltimore. Eagles make their run into the postseason. They get to the NFC Championship game. It's in Arizona. Why everyone you thinks, bring this up? you know, everyone thinks. I'm just saying, you know, hopefully maybe it can reverse course down the line for the Eagles against the Packers. But I'm just noting that, of course, you all know what happens in the NFC Championship game. Well, Eagles would have to get uh, home field advantage over the Packers. That's going to be well, tough to do right when now. It, when it's all said and done, I think it's time, you know, Eagles fans just relax. Just mm. no worries. I don't, no don't, don't quote the relax. Don't, don't. Matata. No worries. Uh, what a wonderful <laughs> phrase. The, sim- the Mufasa thing just got me, got me thinking yeah. this morning. You've just been inspired. I know. <laughs> what, what, is, what is the next pop culture reference from Chip Kelly going to be? That's a good question. I don't know. Does he have a, I wonder if he has a bank. It's like, maybe today I need to pull out the Wedding Crashers quote. What, what was the one show that we were discussing off camera not that long ago? Does he watch Game of Thrones? I, wasn't, must have been, you know, uh, I wasn't a part no. of that conversation. You're no. just talking to yourself? <laughs> yeah, it might have been. It might have been. No, it wouldn't be me because I'm not a Game Rule of Thrones guy. number six. Do not sit in the corner and talk. It draws attention <laughs> to you in a negative way. Draw attention to yourself, but on your own terms. <laughs> now, uh, I didn't watch the entire Steelers-Titans game last night. Obviously, I wanted to put it on. I wanted to get a taste of, of Tennessee. I haven't really watched any of them this season. And I watched the first half. And the one thing that was good was, and I know the players aren't, you know, watching their, or having this mindset, but it was good to see Tennessee play as well as they did so that the expectation is it's not going to be a walkover this Sunday, even though Tennessee is 2-8. and eight And, you know, pretty much last night, Monday night, was their Super Bowl at home prime time against the Steelers. I watched that whole game because I had, like, four fantasy games in the balance. Uh, four of your 30? Four of my nine. Only nine. Okay. Yes. That's uh, not much better. <laughs> but... Uh, Listen, this is this is not a bad team. Uh, you know they don't have a good, very good record, but when you you compare them to the other teams with, that only have two wins or whatever, uh, they've got some good players. Uh, you know Zach Medenberger is a guy you really liked coming out. Uh, he's got a big arm. Um, he can make uh, as as you know Greg Cosell says he can make all the throws. <laughs> uh, I liked w- Bishop Zanke has some juice in those legs. I thought he he ran uh, very tough uh, between the tackles as well. Um, their defense is not that bad. Obviously, they could not stop the run in the fourth quarter, and that's why they lost the game. Uh, but this is not this is not a, a terrible team. The Eagles are going to have to show up to to win this game. Yeah, no question about it. They've got some weapons on the outside. You know, Justin Hunter's a, a good vertical threat for them. Kendall Wright is a very productive receiver out of the slot. Nate Washington still makes some plays. Uh, so look, this is this is a talented team, and they they play with four running backs, and they kind of rotate those guys in and out. Uh, Bishop Sankey is probably the most talented of the group, but. They rotate Dexter McCluster and Leon Washington and Sean Green and you know whatever those other AFC East uh, retreads <laughs> they've got there and uh, but they, they run those guys through the lineup and look they're they're a better team than their record says and defensively they're another tough team because uh, let's ask Levy and Bell that yeah well look they're a high pressure team they play yes. you know come at you in a number of different ways Ray Horton's defense you know and they're kind of. Uh, gliding into that scheme a little bit it's taken some time but I think they're starting to uh, do a little bit more from a pressure standpoint the last two or three games they've blitzed a lot more than they did the first few weeks of the season so they're starting to come into their own a little bit Bleedy Ray Wilson had a very bad start to the season but he's he's coming on a little bit their their secondary is not that bad uh, Michael Griffin's a you know a run stop and safety yep. hard yep. hitter uh, so he was flying around the field the Eagles are gonna have to they're gonna have to play well Roethlisberger, I thought, missed some throws early on in the game though there were a couple of touchdowns he could have had but still credit Tennessee for 
staying in the game and uh, you know trying to fight tooth and nail all the way to the very end. So, but still, Titans two and eight coming to Lincoln Foundry Field as the Eagles look to be the first team in NFL history to lose ten straight games at home, to turn around and then win ten straight games at home. Regular season games at home. Regular season games. Thank you, Fran. Yes. Thanks for bringing that up. Seriously. Knock on wood, though. I mean, we're yeah. I'm just saying they if they win Sunday, yeah, right? You know, but a critical four game stretch because they have the game against the Titans, Thanksgiving against Dallas, then they welcome the World Champs to Lincoln Financial Field, and then they're back hosting Dallas on Sunday Night Football. So very very important four game stretch. So you it's, are it's it's only about the next one. That's true. But we're, it's a one we're week allowed. season. We're allowed to look at yes, of course. Okay. So you're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Uh, Coming up next, our special guest, and then in a little bit, our fails of the week. Welcome back to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Our special guest this week, former first-round pick and starting right tackle, Lane Johnson. Lane, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Lane, uh, what Pleasure. The pleasure is all ours. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Lane, what was Chip's message to you guys as you came back to uh, start the week of training to prepare for Tennessee? Um, look at the film, um, you know, learn from the good and I mean, learn from the bad and, and see what you did good, but just move on. Um, you know, there's still, you know, a lot, lot of games left. Is it easier to evaluate the tape and go through these sessions after a loss rather than a win where you might not be as open maybe per se to, to the coaching and the, and the criticism? Yeah. I mean, it's all good whenever you win, but, uh, I think players, I mean, even here, I mean, they try to look at things they did bad, even, even when they win. Um, so they can learn from it. And even, I mean, this week, I mean, everybody's looking at, at what they did bad just so they can learn from it because that's the only way you can grow as a player, really. Did you watch the game last night between the uh, um, Titans I, and the Steelers? I watched, and uh, to be honest, I watched the first play whenever yeah. <laughs> or whenever Mettenberger threw that pick six, and then <laughs> I, tur- I turned it off. Like, All right, we <laughs> got this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good way to go about it. As well. <laughs> What what is the message? Because this team is two and eight coming to Lincoln Financial Field. You guys have been outstanding at home. How how do the coaches get you in that one week mindset where they say, "Don't look at the record. Don't pay attention to the struggles they've had." There's a lot of talent on on this team. Um, well, Chip said just how they play. I mean, they all play hard. I mean, these people. I mean, they're getting paid. I mean, they know that you know uh, the season may be over, but still, I mean, they're they're still competing. Um, and we have a big chip on the shoulder at that loss, Miss. You know, worst we've been beaten in a long time. So, um, you know, we're coming coming here with a good mindset. And they have a, I mean, they have a, a pretty good pass rush. I think they sacked Ben five or six times last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they blitz a lot, but yeah. In this league, I mean, you can't sleep on anybody. Um, I mean, everybody has you know equal talent, so um, you just got to be on your toes at all times. Well, how challenging is it to prepare for a team like that? Because they've got all these different guys that'll line up over tackle, over guard, whether it's Jarrell Casey or Morgan or Wembley, Phillips. They kind of rotate those guys, move them all around. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of versatility, but, I mean, um, I mean everybody is, has a chip on the shoulder this week. I mean, after that loss, I mean, that was embarrassing. So, um, I mean, we're, we're all ready to get to the next game, and, and we're taking this week uh, really serious. How much are you guys looking forward to being back at home where you guys have won nine straight regular season games dating back um, to last year? Uh, we're looking forward to it. I know I personally look forward to it. Uh, you can get off on the snap count a lot quicker. kind of gives you an advantage over the DNs, uh, you know, as opposed to, to road games where it's, uh, you know, a lot more, a lot louder. How was the atmosphere? It, it says I was here in our studio watch, watching him from afar. Bo was the one who, who went to Lambeau, and it just mm-hmm. seemed like it had that playoff atmosphere. But I'm just trying to think on the field between the cold weather, the crowd, just – it had to be tough for you guys to communicate. Yeah, right um, I mean, we we did a d- decent job communicating, but I mean, Lambeau Field that's kind of how I mean that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, yep. It's cold, you know, snowing, stones on the ground, windy. Um, so the at- atmosphere was good. We just didn't you know play how we wanted to play. Are you guys, as an offensive line, um, tired of hearing people ask about when the running game is is going to get get going? 
It's just, it's, I mean, it's a good question. <laughs> I mean, we kind of wonder it ourselves, um, you know, but, I mean, we we, we had some success, um, you know. I don't know how many yards we had, but I know I think we had over 100. So, I mean, it wasn't wasn't that bad of a game, but it's, you know, not like we were last year, but – um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to uh, really run the ball well against this team. And obviously, yeah. obviously, the the way that that game unfolded, mm-hmm. you know, you had to get away from the run a little bit. So. Yeah, we had to throw it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you know, against Tennessee last night, the, the Steelers won basically by running against the, the Titans in the fourth quarter. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, hopefully there will be something there this week. Yeah, I'm hoping we can get it back. How long mm-hmm. does it take? Obviously, you were, you were out for the first four games, so you mm-hmm. can kind of speak to it. How long does it take to? get back into the swing of things as a lineman like in a scheme like ours where there's a lot of zone blocking and you're working in tandem with the guys next to you to kind of get back into sync? Uh, it's just mentally, um, you know, um, well, I've been playing next to Todd for such a long time and now having Tobin, so that's probably, you know, the biggest difference because you're so used to, you know, somebody playing one way and, and fitting your, your style of play. So it's just adjusting, but, you know, we practice a lot, so, um, you know, that helps. So when the game day is, you're not caught off guard. Well, how much have you seen Todd behind the scenes? I know D'Amico Ryan's, you know, he's rolling around the facility on a scooter. He's still in the <laughs> yeah. meetings, you know, yeah. he's, fly, he's flying on that thing. Uh, how much, I haven't seen Todd in the facility since, you know, he went. I saw him uh, this morning. Yeah. saw him this morning? No, so he's, he's, been he's out, here. So. Yeah, no, he's been in our meeting room pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's always talking to me, making comments, you know, just, just stuff what he, you know, that he sees. I mean, he's been in the league for a long time. I mean, he could pretty much coach if he wanted to. Um, you know, all the experience he has. But, no, he's he's helping the younger guys, helping Tobin out, helping me out, and, uh, you know, it's whatever he sees. And he has that sweet Movember mustache. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he kind of reminded me of Ron Burgundy this morning <laughs> looking at him. Bo, Bo's trying here. It's Bo, this is Bovember. Bovember here. Okay. So. How tough do you think it was for Todd? I mean, he played through a torn bicep against Houston. You know, he's been on this team since 2005. You know, it was the year after the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. he sees all the good things this team is doing. How, how much do you think it pained him not to be able to be on this team for the stretch run, knowing that something special could be brewing here this season? Uh, I mean, he texted me last night. I mean, it's hard for him to sit, you know, sit there and not be able to, to you know, be out there with his team. But, uh, I mean, I think he's doing as much as he can as far as supporting, you know, yep. Tobin, you know, young players coming up and, and just giving them advice, and he's helping out as much as he can. Uh, this is completely off topic, right. but uh, <laughs> one of my favorite tweets of any Eagles player over the past couple of years was when you tweeted the picture of your son and his big hands. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he, I'm wondering <laughs> if he has grown into his hands. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, his hands are getting close to my size right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, that, that picture was a good angle. I mean, yeah, they, of course, they, yeah. they are frequently big, but they, I mean, that picture just I mean, his, his hand was kind of under some blankets, kind of right. made it look small. So, but yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a giant. <laughs> That's awesome. How old is he now? Uh, 15 months. Okay. So what is he doing right now? So he's walking at this point? Yeah, he's walking. Uh, he, he says some words. He babbles. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of jumbled sentences. I mean, no, you don't even, he doesn't know what he's saying. Um, <laughs> you don't know what he's saying? <laughs> no, not either. really. Uh, you know, he has his nap time around 9 o'clock every morning. He gets up and makes his rounds, and I come home and see him for a little bit. He, he's starting to go to bed early now, so he's usually in bed around about 6.30. He's adapting get, to the sports science. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah he's getting asleep now. you gotta, you got to <laughs> let Chip know. Chip likes big hands for his quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Let, uh, keep an eye out. So what, what is the one responsibility that you have at home being a father that – you wish that your wife would take off your hands. Is it changing the diapers? Is it? I mean, she does a lot of that. I mean, I do it every yeah. once. I try to avoid it as much as I can. But <laughs> you know, I mean, she 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 stays on top of things. I'm lucky mm-hmm. from that standpoint. Sometimes our house gets a little bit messy, but that, you know, it's me throwing clothes <laughs> around. I mean, most times it's it's me messing it up. So I, I try I try to take care of the dishes sometimes. So who's know? the biggest kid in the house? I was going to say. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the biggest kid in the house, definitely. <laughs> What was the toughest thing for you being away for that first month of the season where you're not able to even be at the facility? Where, where Todd, we talk about Todd, is, you know, he's in the meeting room mm-hmm. and stuff. 
you weren't able to be at the facility. What was that that month like in terms of? Being um, away? I mean, the training was good. It just sucked. You know, and I was coming back, coming in blind. You know, coming. You know, had to had to play uh, week five, so that was tough. Just mentally going in. You know, not having practice, not having any communication with anybody. So that that was the toughest part. But once after that game got done, I felt comfortable against the Giants, and you know, kind of picked up pace from there. You said the Giants game was the best of your career. Yeah, I think just from past, I mean, I felt comfortable. Um, you know, you're out there, you think of all the stuff you want to do, um, you know, before the game. But during the game, I was able to think, you know, just think and react and, and knowing what I wanted to do every play. What was the uh, – your father-in-law played in the NFL, uh-huh. correct? Mm-hmm. What was the best bit of advice that he gave to you? Because he played for the Steelers, am I correct? Yep. What was the best bit of advice that he gave to you as you were making your way through your college career and going through the draft process? Um, or maybe even now, what, what's, what uh, type pr- of place? Probably, I mean, he helped me out through college. I mean, he knew I was going to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, high draft pick. But he told me just NFL, it's not like college. I mean, there's times you're going to face uh, teams that I mean, are really good. You get beat. It's not like college, you know, where one loss is, you know, the season's over. So, uh, I mean, even this past week, you know, he said just regroup, learn from it. Uh, I think he was telling me about a time where where he um, – Forgot what team he's playing, but he got blown out, and they ended up playing Probably in the playoffs. The yeah, and then uh, ended up going to the AFC Championship game. Uh, so uh, he just uh, fills me up with stories and, and stuff that he's done. We well, were trying to explain. We were going through the numbers earlier yeah. of teams. You can go through all the playoff teams right now, and mm-hmm. they've all suffered big losses at some point in the season. It's just a matter of how do they bounce bounce back. Exactly. What, yep. what position did he play? Uh, defensive end. Okay, so does he does he <laughs> does he say he could he could take you back in his day? Uh, yeah, he, he runs his mouth every now and then, but <laughs> you know it's it's all good fun. How much does it help being a former quarterback in terms of playing in an offensive system like the one that Chip Kelly and Pat Shermer run? Because it seems like a lot of the guys on the team now were at one point quarterbacks, whether it was in high school and maybe some in college. It seems like it gives them a, a unique viewpoint of how the offense runs and what they're looking for in terms of making a run. Yeah, I just think when you're playing quarterback, you're not just you know solely thinking about your position. You're thinking about the protections you have to have, the route progressions, where the receivers are going, where the ball's going going to go. So you kind of just get the, a big picture of things. So when you're playing tackle, um, you know, most of the time you're just blocking the DM, but it kind of gives you a bigger perspective of you know of what's happening. One of my favorite clips of like a, a peek behind the curtain that we've been able to give Eagles fans over the past couple of years since Chip Kelly's arrived. Was your first meeting with the with the coaching staff at the combine, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember the the best part of that feature was them asking, "Look, you've played quarterback, you played tight end, you played D line, you played O line. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite position?" And you told them quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just like, you, you gave your reasoning, and everyone just started rolling. It was yeah. it was. Probably one of the best. What, wait, what, what was it? What was the reason for why quarterback? I mean, you're not getting beat up in practice. You're chilling. I mean, come game day, it, it is mentally frustrating. But I mean, just you're saving your body. That's true. Yeah. Who is the Who is the best non-quarterback quarterback on the roster? And I think you probably have to exclude Brad Smith since he since he played him. Well, you can't couch it now. You start and say, well, who's like, the, okay, who's the fifth best quarterback on the yeah. roster? Probably James Casey. Okay. okay. Yeah, that dude, uh, he can sling it. <laughs> He's uh, the emergency quarterback. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably say him. So what did you ever uh, <coughs> uh, remember? Isaac Sopawaga could throw the ball. Like yeah. Yeah. It was. It was insane. <laughs> so it was true. Yeah. Because he talked about what did he say? How far did he say he could it was throw? Eighty it? yards. Yeah. yeah. It was I, 80 I yards. believe it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He would just no chuck question. it. <laughs> yeah. What's Jeez. the far? What's the farest that you could ever throw a football? And how far do you think you could throw one now? I could probably throw in the seventies uh, back in the day. Um, my shoulder's a lot tighter than what it was. Uh, I could probably still throw in the sixties, probably now. So, so when you obviously this is a few years back, but remember, I remember when Kyle Bowler was coming out and everyone was in awe at when he would yeah, drop to his one knee, knee and throw it through the goalpost. Yeah. I mean, 
You could probably do that, right? I mean, at some point. I couldn't throw through the goalpost. I could probably make it 50 yards, yeah. but, you know, my arm wasn't, wasn't you know, overly strong. It wasn't a Jamarcus Russell or anything like that. Sopawaga, though. Yeah, Sopawaga has, has it, though. Yeah. What's been the biggest adjustment for you going from college at Oklahoma to being <clears> in a big city like Philadelphia in your two years here? Uh, probably just getting married and, and you know, ha- having, a, having a child, probably just that responsibility. Uh, responsibility. Uh, I have a lot of family there in Houston, so I've been in Houston, you know, all my life. So, um, But just, you know, being out on my own, you know, being married, just, just having a whole different, you know, set of responsibilities on, on my hands. Because one of the things that when you first came to Philadelphia, you had that press conference and you talked about wrestling the Bears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a story that everyone took seriously. And just because uh-huh. of the way you just del- had a great delivery, deadpanned it, mm-hmm. you know, w- was that something that, that you had to kind of learn? It's like, all right, maybe I can't joke about little things like this all the time. Yeah, or- well, what was confusing is that I got asked that question the night before the draft, like at the, um, so- the draft party. And someone asked me that, and I thought it was a joke. So I thought they may have asked the same question as a joke <laughs> right. you know, here. So. Yeah. Um, I gave him a joke response, <laughs> and, and then when I got in, and, and he's like, "You really wrestled bears?" Uh, no, I just told him that. You know, like, <laughs> I think I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a hillbilly, you know, I'm from Texas, do country right. stuff. So you it, it, it was believable. Yeah, I fit the stereotype. Everyone fits the stereotype. So you figure, all right, well, if I say it, everyone's going to go along yeah, with it here. So, so. I'm along with it. All right, so we have a couple little off-topic questions here. We're going to throw at you. Okay. You know, we we each pick our favorites, and the first one I'm going to ask you here. And this is based off, speaking of your Twitter account, you tweeted this, I believe it was earlier this offseason, mm. it was about who was uglier, you or Alan Barber. <laughs> yeah. So, well, who, first, who won the matchup, and second, who would you say is the ugliest player on the Eagles? Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. I, I think it may yeah. have been a dead heat. I mean, I got, okay. I got some, I got some <laughs> ugly responses, so did Al. Um, ugliest player. Mm. I, I remember last year I did a, a, a Wolfston uh, survey about the worst hair in the locker room, and, and you were one of the choices. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you I, I'm still going Wolfman. Al Barbary. I mean, I don't, I don't so, care. I'm still going Al Barbary. That's a good way. You already know he's perceived good, that yeah. way. It's easy to throw him that way. That's, so. a, good, that's a good save. So, what was your uh, your question? Uh, what? Let's see what we got on here. here. How about what's the uh, what's the last movie that made you cry? Probably uh, eight seconds. I mean, it, when I was younger, uh, my dad used to ride bulls uh, back, back in the day. Okay. So um, he actually knew Lane Frost. I don't know if you're familiar with the story. No. No. Uh, Lane Frost was world champion bull rider. And I think the following year, he was, I mean, he having a great year. And he, he was in Cheyenne. And uh, he rode the bull and got off. And the bull ended up. Uh, hit him on the side, and his rib pierced his heart, and he ended up dying. But, yeah, but they made it. They made a movie about it. It's called Eight Seconds. So I remember hearing about Jeez. the movie, but so yeah, yeah that's what it's about. Yeah. So typical. It, it just got dark. I know. <laughs> does it take a lot? Um, does it take a lot? Does it have to be a special type of movie, or is that something since that was you know something that your your dad was close to? Yeah, yeah, it's something that my dad was close to, okay. and I felt for him. Okay. Trying, you know, just trying to you know, keep the tough that's guy always, here, yeah. so. That's what always gets me is like is like father son stuff. That's yes. what always makes me. Makes what was me, yours? Makes me lose it. The last one, uh, the last one was I was I was coming back from my honeymoon. Where's my Kleenex? And it was a long, it was a long slog, so I was very tired, so I was very out of it. Oh, right. It was a long okay. flight, and uh, on the on the flight, I watched this movie called About Time. About time. With uh, with Rachel McAdams and something else, but they, it, it's the scene of like this guy, uh, his his dad's about. Uh, to pass, but he like he can travel through time, so he gets to live the day over and over again. I don't know. I was, gotcha. I just lost it. Fran, 
Field of Dreams uh, is a classic. I can't yeah. remember the last movie. Oh, the stop. last movie, the last movie, I can't remember. But Probably I wrote... The Notebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what, though? This I've never seen record. The Notebook. I've never seen The Notebook. Well, so. uh, the last oh. thing that made me cry, though, the, uh, the, season f- or the series finale of Six Feet Under on HBO. Okay. okay. I watched it on, uh, on HBO Go like over the spring, I think, with, uh, with my wife, and... The finale was a really good finale. You know, it was. I don't want to give away the end of the series, but <laughs> it was uh, very. It was kind of like Bo's point. It was fi- family driven and seeing how people grow old and things. We like are that. we are definitely emotional guys here yes. on, right. on the yes, Eagles Weekly podcast. But nobody is as deep as Brian Thomas, our producer. <laughs> One of the questions that he has on this list that he wanted us to ask you. So are you going to ask it by wh- which uh, which would you rather have trust or love? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of question is that? I guess love. I guess <laughs> love, love. love conquers Which all. Right? Right? <laughs> well played. Well played. BT, how did you come up with that in the, in the middle of the night? <laughs> he was watching. He was watching the Notebook and said, right. like, "You know, which would I rather have?" Yeah, exactly. Fran, what, what was your question? Uh, I got to see. What did you uh, circle for me here? I think you were. There. Think uh, the what's your question. favorite midnight snack? Uh, food's Ooh. always on my mind. <laughs> Favorite midnight snack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Trying to think what will we have. Um, I u- used to be heavy on the pop tarts. Let's tell. Oh, hold nice. on. Hold really? up. Before you, before you answer, let's just tell uh, Chip to stop listening. Yep. For this part. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Wait, wait. He's got he's got the juice. He's got the juice yeah, on there. Yeah. That's right. Probably. Uh, I mean, pop tarts was always the bread. What was the flavor? Uh, I think it was the the brown brown sugar. Brown oh, sugar okay. definitely oh, is the way to go. Now would, you glass toast, now would you toast them or not toast it? I'll eat them right out of the. Depends package. on what mood I mood, mood I was in, but most time I like, like it toast. You toasted. like it toasted. Okay. If you were in a trust kind of mood, it was toasted. <laughs> if it was a love kind of mood, it was <laughs> yeah, it was non toasted. Non toasted. <laughs> I think it would be the other way. Well, but it's debatable. We, <laughs> conversation <laughs> for another time. Well, Lane Johnson, thank you very much for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. We really appreciate. It. Are you gonna are you gonna crush that can like you crushed the note cards and? Uh, I wanted, to, I wanted to, but I, but I think I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lane. Yeah. All right, time to start wrapping things up on this week's edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. But first, our fails of the week, and uh, this is this is non-Eagles division. Well, this is no, 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 no. This is Eagles. All right, all right. So number five involves the Eagles. First quarter, Mason Crosby lined for a field goal, and uh, the referee trying to tell Benny Logan something, and uh, Benny not having it with the umpire. Now you missed that. I missed it too. You missed it? See it again? I mean, I missed it during the game. I see. Oh, I, saw, I remember. Yeah. I remember it during the game. What's he doing? Well, is he telling him? Is he doing what happened with that New England game? The Jets Patriots. Yeah, game. Or the Jets Patriots yes. game. That's right. To watch, watch where you're lining up. There. So the question Benny is, Benny wasn't too happy about it. Now the thing is, I wonder, does Benny think it's a teammate trying to tell him to do something to move, or if it's the umpire? So. We have to bring Benny in and ask him. We will have to get the word. Benny, on one that. of the best uh, guests we've ever had on Eagles and uh, no Eagles entire podcast. One, Eagles Beakley. One thing I saw this in a photograph, and this is something else I actually would like to ask him. He was wearing number fifty-nine in the eye black. Yep, he definitely was. Yeah, so a little, you know, on the Lion King reference, a little tip of the cap to Mufasa yep, there. So there something we'd love to ask him about. Don't turn your back on me, Scar. <laughs> <laughs> number four, we're going to go to the college ranks. We're going to Memorial Stadium in Champaign, Illinois, and uh, there's a fan on the sideline with. The f- wow! Is is that the Falcon? Is that the Dirty Bird? It's a fan on the sideline. Uh, even even Eskin. Uh, I was just gonna say even Howard Eskin. He kind of looks like Bo's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> what the that coat? Beard. Yeah, the coat. 
Uh, Howard Eskin from uh, Fox 29 and the silent reporter for the Eagles radio broadcast. Also the guest on this week's edition of Cover 2. How does it compare? You know, That's the question. Yeah, but I mean, Eskin, Eskin's a man when it comes to coats. That's his symbol. Yeah, the other guy sure. just, it just looks like a He's big ball of feathers. He's the man when it comes to icing his ankles after the game. That is, there. yes. <laughs> that is, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, that yes, he gets uh, his ankles, his ankles. His ankles anked. His ankles anked. His ankles iced every week after the game by the team trainers. Number three, Texans at Browns. So, let's see what we got here. Oh, it's a little J.J. Watt. A little J.J. Watt highlight for you here, so... Of course, they put J.D. Watt That's out there and just makes a beautiful... That's not a catch. He finished with the top ten, in the top ten in fantasy points for a tight end. He was a comes, looks like he comes down out of bounds. I don't think so. I think he got his feet mm. in. Well, you get the knee down. Does he get that second? The uh, knee is down. Right That's what it is. Right. Do, 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 if we roll, it's a little more Brian. There we go. Rolls. See? All right. He all gets right. it in there. So You didn't have him on one of your nine fantasy teams. I did not. So both he and uh, Anthony Costanzo from the Colts... Scored enough points to be tight end options. There you go. This week, so tight but end. Why one is that options. a fail? It's just the fact that I think it's more on the Browns' defense. Uh, it's a fail for Carlos Dansby. Dansby's lined up one on one against the defensive end and JJ Watt. Yeah. And he lets him win it's on a pretty fade. good coverage. Still, he still gave up a touchdown catch yes. to JJ Watt. But isn't that like his fourth touchdown of the year or something? Yeah, it's but not on fourth, offense. Second, second, second on, on offense. offense. Second on offense. Fourth total on the season. So, so at least the Eagles did not give up a touchdown to Watt. That seems like a debatable fail to me. So at least it's not number one. Number two, this is involving Eagles Packers. Oh, this is good. And uh, it's a it's a little in-house joke here. So we'll, we'll let the play run here. But you're going along the sidelines, and you see this time after time again, where you see the photographers <laughs> get out of the way, and that is our own Nick Rotundi, the cameraman, Eagles <laughs> Television Network producer, uh, Nick Nick the D, and Ray Doyle, our multimedia producer. Now Ray is Ray the one gives who, the Olay. Just does a little OLA action there. Doesn't help Nick out whatsoever. Now, keep in mind, when you're on the, in that role, you're supposed to kind of be a spotter. You know, yes. Just, you know, help him out in case that situation arises. His take was that, you know, he, he was just trying to get out of the way. He didn't think that he was coming. I, what's funny is, is that I saw this the next morning when I was watching the tape of the game, and I saw, oh, man, what an idiot camera guy that got hit. Didn't know it was wow. Nick. Didn't know it was Nick. And then, you know, I go upstairs, and we were talking, and they say, oh, yeah, Ray, Ray bailed me out. You know, oh. That That's, the I mean, the rotund, rotundi. Yeah. yeah. The best ever sideline one that, uh, at least in-house, uh, with a former camera guy who got trucked by Michael Strahan. Uh, name is Shane Evans. He got crushed. Oh, this is the view oh. from the camera. Okay. It's not that bad. I'm not giving a bad. fail to the Eagles offense there for not getting Josh Huff a touchdown. Oh, the that, I mean, that was the perfect the, scenario to get him that the touchdown. The bow nose bump gets no. bumped. Unbelievable. I think, they, I think they, they literally called that play just to spite me. So for those of you who did not read the column, Bo went through and researched how the bow nose column, the interview subject, has done in the game following the interview, and most of the guys have done quite well. They've all done very well until until this until game. Until this so game. So maybe, did you yeah, did you actually? Maybe it's because I made it public. Did That's you mention is. to Josh? He was he was ready to do it. Did you talk he to him at the hotel? To throw up the W on the way to the game. You did. Yes. I'll tell you, if he threw up the W, I would have lost cried. it. Yes. I would have been just crying cried. In the I don't think he would have done it in that situation when they were losing by <laughs> thirty points. <laughs> that would have been I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Uh, I, I wouldn't have felt bad if he hadn't done it. Yeah. Could you imagine if he did it? Everyone's asking him in the locker room, like, what, what was that? Like, oh, it's for Bowl. <laughs> Listen, team trailing by 30 points. Yeah, it would have not been good, but 
No. This camera has cost thousands and thousands of dollars, so it's a good thing that the camera did make it. There was no damage. It's a good thing Brad eased up at the end because yeah. Brad could have easily taken him out. But the, the camera that Michael Strahan took out, that did not survive, actually, no. and that went flipping up in the air. It was funny to see the footage. Uh, number one fail of the week, Jermaine Gresham scores a touchdown for the Cincinnati Bengals. And now there's obvious Bengals fans trying to get the ball to. And the Saints guy, for whatever reason, takes the football away. That is a great play. That would absolutely yes. be you. That's what, that is what that. Bo Wolf would do. That is precisely what Bo would do. I mean, he's no. on the road, you know. But what, I mean, what's he, a guy going to do with the football? It's like, oh, I caught this. And well, what I would have done is I would have done the same thing, but then I would have given it to, to the lady. But That's what he does. The ball's in the air. you got to grab it. The girl d- does get a ball in the end. Did, did does he she? she? I know there's images yeah, of her. Great. I like, hold on. I like, the guy, I like the guy next to him laughing. <laughs> no, 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 no! The guy who's actually sitting next to him. Oh, like over here. Yeah, <laughs> roll it back. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he loves it. That's good. Yeah, that's a good play. And that's exactly, nice that's, and that's what Bo would be doing. Bo would be laughing through the whole thing. Brutal, degenerate. So I, there is footage that she does get a ball. So I don't know right. if he gave it up at some point or or what. But either way, you know, Bengals and their fans went home happy, beating the Saints. So, gentlemen, anybody's uh, playoff predictions change after last week? Mm. No, sticking sticking with them. Okay. I forget. I have to dig up the archive. I don't have Atlanta in the playoffs. I know that much. So. No, neither do I. You had no. Cleveland winning the division. Yeah, I know. And they're last place right now. I, f- I noticed that when I was uh, going through it's, the schedule. It's okay. half a game. Right. Half exactly. a game out first place. So, How many teams uh, – I'm just trying to make fun of the NFC South, but – how many teams would win that division? What's the how many teams? Right now? Yeah. Well, one team will win the division. Right now there are Brilliant. uh one, two, three, you, four, five, six teams that would finish above Atlanta right now at four and six. In the NFC. In the NFC. How about in the AFC? How many teams have AFC, better how many teams have better records than the In Falcons? the AFC it's much higher. In the AFC it'd be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve teams in the AFC. So the Falcons have, or what, like the 24th best record or something? Something, like something along those lines, yeah. And yet they good could be hosting them. a playoff game. And they could host a playoff game. So would be a good place to go. Yeah. If the, if the Eagles had to play at one of the NFC South teams in a, in a wild card game, who would, you, who would you choose? From playing From the, against a team? Which NFC South team, yeah. Obviously, you wouldn't choose New Orleans because you don't want to go to the No. Seattle. I would feel fine going I'm, to I'm Carol- fine hosting any of the game. other three. I'd rather host one. Probably, Carol- probably Carolina. 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 Probably yeah. Carolina. I mean, Tampa Bay obviously would be yeah. would be ideal, but because of the location as well as the, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going to Tampa Bay just because it's going to be January at that yeah, point. That's true. We've been to Tampa Bay in January. Close. To you are going. You are going to. Well, we won't if we're in playoff. We're in the playoffs. No. All right. Shout out your question, Brian. Our studio oh. audience. Oh. This is this is our uh, new fail of the what's week. What's the question? No, so he's, ah, there you go. That's oh, right. So BT not was not happy on that trip at the Shrine game. Uh, it's very true. That, sounds like that a story was a wonderful for time. A we got to see Bo Allen. It's true. We did get to see Bo Allen. Sounds amongst, good. Among others. Sounds who, like else, a, who else? John Brown. Brown. John Brown. Yeah. John Brown was there. John um, Brown. Why, oh. are we, why are we dinging for John Brown? Laurent Duvernay Teldif. Yep. Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese. Keith Price. Dree Archer, Dre, yeah. No, Dree Archer wasn't that. The, no, Dree Archer was senior no, ball. Senior ball. Yeah. Um, they all run together. Now, Brian had well, a much better time at the senior the best ball. best player there was Shaq Richardson. But Shaq Richardson, yeah. that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, there were there were a bunch of guys there. Jamea Thomas. Jamea Thomas was it both? Yep. Uh, you guys are just reminiscing here. Seem, er, Fran and I, di- Fran and I ranked every single player there after after the week in order <laughs> in you. order of their likelihood to get drafted. Uh, and I think I won because only because like you had someone who got drafted in like the '90s or something like that. Right, right. It was. I don't. But it was, it was it was close. It's good. Anyway, there you go. So on that note, I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. For Fran Duffy and Bolf, I'm Chris McPherson. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll be back next week on Eagles Beagles.